Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are. It will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Hello my friends, a very good morning to you, Monday the 1st of February, it's nice to get January out of the way isn't it, January is sort of a nothing month, I know I know everyone says that, but I'm, I'm solidly with the majority on that, January is just a humdrum of shit weather, trying to get rid of that Christmas weight, that 5, 10, 15 that you've packed on through celebrations over the Christmas period. It's never a good time. I hope you're making progress in that direction. Welcome, my friends, to episode eight, Into Chaos, or something like that it's going to be called. It might be something different. I haven't 100% decided. I titled them after the podcast. Should we fade this out? And breathe. Hello, my friends. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, episode eight of UK Cop Podcast, Into Chaos, or something similar, is brought to you by our delightful cohorts over at Lidl. Colossus Energy Drink. Shameless, relentless knockoff. I am such a chimp. When it comes to this stuff, if I see a word like Colossus, I'm I'm in. Flavour is an additional extra for me. If I can stride around with a tin with a blue X on it that says Colossus, I'm into it. I'm I'm I must be a marketer's dream for this sort of stuff. Actually, this is good. I think this is marginally better than Kong Strong, which I do. Yeah, and I've got got some of this. I wonder what the caffeine difference is between the between the two, because the the Colossus from Lidl is like the big relentless size. It's the proper proper night shift energy drink dealio. Um, why do you see the caffeine on these things? Uh, nutritional information, it must be here somewhere, surely. Do you know, it doesn't actually say how weird is that? How weird is that? It doesn't, it's probably not even caffeine, is it? It's probably some some weird Russian synthetic alternative to caffeine. So it doesn't say it on the Colossus. I wonder if it says it on the Kong Strong. No, it doesn't. That is so weird. 
I thought they had to put this on there. The amount per 100 mil or 250 mil or whatever. Apparently not. Anyway, it, it's not... It's not overly relevant, is it? Is it basically, is it going to get me marginally off my nut? Um, uh, right up until the point where I'm shaking so much I can't hold a pen. That's the kind of level I want to be. Uh, I want to be. I've, no one was asking me. Are you nervous, mate? No, sorry. I've just had forty-eight grams of caffeine in the last four or five hours. So, I'm fairly steady. This is all right. This is. I've only had one. I've only had one. I just do one just with the podcast because I find it helps the old neurons snap and fire at the appropriate pace. The debrief then, my friends. Um, rest day is currently reasonably busy set. Uh, ticked over okay. Went in for an overtime shift last night. That was pretty good. Got caught up in a robbery caper. load of lads that had been sighted getting out of a stolen vehicle. I think it was picked up by CCTV and then there's some I don't know what 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 was flagged about the vehicle initially something a little bit off with it and then the control room has spun it through it's on a clone plate bit more research is done and it's been involved in a load of robberies uptown so everyone and his wife went to it as you can imagine and um, they I think they started twigging that police presence was abnormal in the area. They've all starburst. Um, tried to bolt hole up in associate addresses. They've been dug out eventually. And ended up running one down to custody. And then it wasn't, I was off manner. So one of the um, one of the borough officers came along and took over. So it's actually a reasonably Gucci job. I just got to do the, the fun bit at the front end. And skipped out of the paperwork. Uh towards the towards the end of the job so um, i'll take that and also it's overtime isn't it I don't, I don't know on overtime it always was a little bit shit if you're getting shafted with the um with the copious amounts of writing up and the, the full custody procedure etc i don't know if, if i was when i'm on my regular shift and someone's doing ot with us or someone's coming off off manor to do to, to do some ot i'd try and make sure they're not royally dicked and they're gonna finish late etc it's bad enough isn't it being there on a on an ot i suppose it depends how it it depends how you've ended up there because if you're if you're there of your own volition then and i was to be fair i offered up for it um but then if you had like a rest day cancel or something that is bollocks i'll try my best and my team's actually really good and my skipper's good he will we'll try and safeguard them if you've had a rest day cancel to come in and and uh, and cover for us. Also, it's a little bit awkward, isn't it, when when you have cops coming on their rest days and you're like, oh, OT, no, mate, no, I've had a rest day cancelled. Apparently, you guys are short. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. I, and <laughs> I always want to say to them, surely we could cope because it isn't. I, I'm assuming it's like this in most forces. It isn't us that manages this sort of thing. It's some bod in duties that looks at a spreadsheet and goes, oh, no, from below minimum. Can't can't quite cover that, so we have to get somebody in on their on their rest days. I'm afraid. Um, I was a little bit guilty. Sat there with someone who's been strong armed into into coming in. So that was the OT shift yesterday, and then the working set itself. Oh yeah, there was something I wanted to talk about on the old regular sets. I think it was an early shift way back when. It's probably over a week ago now. 
just want to get your thoughts on this really and 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 talk it through and make sure I'm make sure I'm still on the same page now that I was at the time so deploy to this job right at the end of a shift right at the end of an early turn and I'm with um let's say we call him I'll tell you what he comes up today in the pocket notebook entry and he's called Jake in that so we'll call him Jake here so this job comes out there is a shoplifter in a homeware store on the high street he's nicked something from the store he's been intercepted by it came out of security it turns out it wasn't security it's just a regular staff member or shop shop manager sort of floor supervisor that type of deal and he'd been intercepted at the front door and then there was an off-duty cop there as well and the control room relayed it as they're, they're struggling to to contain this bloke so comes up as an immediate so me and Jake tip out to this job um, it's one of those ones where we are right at the last knockings so it's a bit like what I was just saying really you think oh god this is we're definitely going to be carrying over we're going to go past the uh, the half hour on the queen and we're going to be working some OT it's no bad thing is it you know it's it's, it's part and parcel of the job it's, it, it's the nature of the beast which is actually funnily enough that kind of links in with what I'm going to be talking about later on but anyway turn up to this job and we walk in and you, you know it's going well when you step over the front door and I want to make a complaint about him I want him arrested I want him arrested yeah, good yeah so that is our subject male he's off to my right as I walk in and he's pointing and shouting at some fella across the uh, across the shop floor um, turns out that is the off-duty copper um, it's one of those things it's a melee you can't really I couldn't really work out I think at even one point I said who is the manager here because the the staff uniforms weren't they were it wasn't like being Q where they're in a big red outfit or orange or whatever they wear in being Q. It was like a fairly nondescript uniform. So there were so many people around I couldn't work out who, who was staff subjects obviously identified himself, but at that point I'm trying to work out has he got associates in here, how many basically what what's our force on force? Have we are me and Jake now two to one or has he got five mates in here that we need to manage also so trying to work out who's who um turns out it's just him the other the other fella who was who was with him who was acting with him has, has done a bunk he's, he's given it legs up the high street so um that that's kind of been lost we've 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 lost about 10 minutes he's gone to ground somewhere i'm not i'm not overly fussed about calling up further units for that um because the the, the property is still in the store with this um the subject mail so we do the usual separate him off get the store manager away get this uh, off duty copper away because he seems to be um aggravating the situation no, no fault of his own he's 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 a good bloke he wasn't um wasn't a, an officer in my force uh, so i didn't know him uh, not that you know everyone do you but you know what i mean I'd, I'd never i'd never come across him and had a chat after the fact and he wasn't um wasn't one of ours so move him away um, Jake initially goes and speaks to the bloke I speak to, to the shop manager and basically the score is um, he's been seen on a CCTV picking up uh, an item from inside the uh, the electronic section of his homeware store puts it in his bag like one of these bag for life doofers and makes his way to the, uh, to the store exit where said staff member intercepts him and then off duty copper quite rightly a good bit of work notices something's not quite right about this identifies himself sh shows out as a copper um and 
manages the situation best he can while it's being called up. So, fairly cut and dry. I mean, I should clarify as well. Um, he is the bloke's at the threshold. So he's not he's not browsing around the store. He is he's making a deliberate attempt to leave the store, and the 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 employee has stopped him at the front door. So I'm pretty confident we've got actors rare, men's rare for theft there, temp theft, however you want to swing it. And um, the <laughs> the bloke's story is great as well. He, he, as as I'm talking to the to the shop uh, employee, he he shouts in the background, "Yeah, I've paid for it." And I sort of turn around and says, "But you pay for that item? Have you You've got a receipt? Yeah, yeah, I've got a receipt. I've got a receipt." Oh, right, okay, cool. Well, we'll we'll have a look at that in a minute. Um, turn back round to the to the shopkeeper, and he says, "Yeah, he paid for that after I challenged him." Right, okay. So I went over to the went over to the subject. And said, "So you you pay for this? At what point did you pay for it? Well, after he after he stopped me and had a go at me." Okay, so why would you pay for something? Because your story when we got here was this is this is this item doesn't belong to the store. You purchase this somewhere else on another day. You happen to have it with you at this stage, <laughs> and now, and now, when you've been challenged about you've been challenged about walking out with it, you decided to pay for it. Now, forgive my naivety, but that doesn't seem like a logical thing to do. And he, he just says, "Oh yeah, I just I don't want to cause it. I don't. I want to stop all this trouble." This item, by the way, is about sixty quid. It's not like it's chump change. And even if it was out of principle, wouldn't you? If it was, if it was a one pound blackjack, I'd still be saying, "Are you having a fucking laugh? This is mine. I own this. I'm not paying for it." Call a call the old bill, and review your CCTV. I'm I'm innocent. No, fuck off. Um, so that was his story. Um, that yeah, he'd uh, he'd paid for it just to smooth things over. Um, so anyway, I have a quick. Quick word with Jake and say, look, I'm, I'm nicking him. That's my, that's my plan. Unless you've got any other intention, he sort of goes, yeah, okay. Um, it's one of those things. Looking back now, and I'll go on to explain Jake's thinking in 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 a, in a moment. Um, there was some sort of hesitancy with him, but you've got, you know, what it's like at these jobs. There's so much going on. Um, there's a lot of people who've seen stuff. You're trying to work out who's seen what. Um, this is also happening at the entrance of a shop on a busy high street. So the world and his wife is gathering round in a semicircle outside. Um, you can see the phones being flicked up and stuff. So you, one of the primary objectives here is just let's just get this off the street somehow. Um, now, of course, if you haven't got if you haven't got uh, arrestable actions on scene, an arrest won't won't facilitate that. But here, to my mind. Stone bonker, theft, so nicking for theft. We're driving down to custody and uh he's he's good as gold, this bloke. We put him in the put him in the back of the car and just two up to custody. And um Jake says, Oh you your body one on? I said, No, no. He says, Yeah probably other ways to deal with that really. Um I said, Yeah? He goes, Yeah, yeah, chat about it later. So anyway, we go to because uh, obviously the DP's in the car at that point, so we can't really have a full, full debrief. Just take a drink, two seconds. And um, 
but going booking him in and the custody sergeant saying you've explored all other options of your gents and I'm thinking yeah I have explored other options by explore I mean I've I've considered things um, I've considered alternatives but this is fairly cut and shut to me um, um, yeah I'm happy with the arrest I also don't know what, what are skippers at the, uh, maybe there's maybe there's a custody sergeant who listens to this and they can reach out to me What what I don't know what you expected me to do at that point um, are you expecting me to de-arrest somebody at the bridge is that seriously something that you, you if I'm presenting somebody at, at the bridge I'm I'm confident in that decision if I wasn't I wouldn't be presenting them I'd have I'd have de-arrested, I'd have looked to another means of dealing with the incident. But if I'm there, I'm confident that this is the right thing to do. Um, I'm confident the arrest is lawful. So if you could please evaluate that decision, whether it's lawful or not, and authorise the detention or not. Um, but I don't really understand the question. And uh, this, is not, this, is not, this is not a crack at custody sergeants. I, 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 it really isn't. I get, I get that they've got, a, they've got a very difficult job to do. But I'm, I'm legitimately curious to know. Asking me, have you considered all other options? That seems like something you might, you could take as a red, maybe. I don't know. Um, anyway, so me and Jake are debriefed the job, debriefing the job afterwards. He says, yeah, I probably could have, um, probably could have NFA'd that, or maybe looked at like some sort of community resolution for it because um, he's and he says well what, you know, what's the code G oh, I know it's the obvious one but prompt and effective prompt and effective um, you know he's he's tried to walk out with his with his item so Jake's angle is well the, the, the shop is not at a loss they've got the item there he is he's actually paid for it as well so weirdly the, the item is legally his because just because he's previously attempted to steal that item the shop has then allowed him to pay for it we can't void his ownership of that of that item that's a that's a civil matter if anything so Jake's thinking is we could have yeah community resed him or done like a maybe yeah maybe nfa'd it or maybe i don't know if you could nfa you know record the theft of course but then nfa it um or you know voluntary attendance interview that sort of thing and i don't i don't know whether this is just me but in my world you know what i use right i use as an arbiter for for, for how i'm policing i use my nan <laughs> My nan listens to the podcast now. Hello, nan. Hello, nan. This is me on the podcast talking to you and, as I've said, quite a few other people. Um, so, uh, hello, and uh, I, I hope you're enjoying this. Um, but I, anyway, I'll go back. Now, I shall have to address things now as if I'm not just having a personal dialogue with you. Otherwise, it'll get a little bit weird. Um, so, I use I use my nan as a sort of moral framework. Um because my nan is just a, is a is a is a thoroughly decent person, and um, sometimes you can with coppering you can get lost in the clouds of police work. So when I'm 
maybe it even runs subconsciously as well. When I'm when I'm looking at situations uh, that, that I'm or when I'm trying to make a decision, I think, what would my nan be endorsing of here? Now, I I can guarantee you, in my nan's mind, if you try and steal something from a shop, if you're walking out the door with a sixty-pound electronic item that you have expressed no intention to pay for, you should be arrested. And I, I think to break it down further, and not that my nan would think in these terms, but the way I would, the way I would try and employ a bit of um, uh, sort of a more uh, a more intricate ethic over that would be: what kind of precedent are we setting, both in the individ, in the mind of this individual, and more and in society more broadly, that you could walk out of a shop with an item and it potentially be no further actioned or you have to rock up to a police station for an interview at some point or you get given some shitty warning via a community resolution. It doesn't mean anything at all. In my world, you're getting nicked. Um, it, it is wrong to take something from a shop that doesn't belong to you. And we we have a powerful arrest to to investigate theft. Now I recognise this is low level. This is this is a big, not a big chain, but it's, you know, there's a few of these shops. Um, it's, it's it's I think it's franchised. So that yeah, okay, sixty quid is not. No one's falling out of their chair at this loss. But for me, there's a there's a greater principle at hand. Um, maybe I'm maybe I'm too draconian. I don't know. I honestly don't know. And I, I see Jake's angle. And by the way, Jake is a brilliant copper. He is a he's excellent at what he does. I have the utmost respect for him. I, I go to him routinely for for advice and guidance. I think he's really, really good. Um but we just had a we just have a slight um slight misalignment of thinking uh there. Maybe misalignment's the wrong term. We're just not exactly on the same page. So there you go. I'd be really interested to know what you think about that, by the way. Well, I, 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 what, what would you do in that in that situation? Are you, you with me or Jake or somewhere different? Um, yeah. By my, by my logic, you're coming in, mate. I could never. I don't think I could sit and look my nan in the face and say, "Yeah, I didn't nick that bloke." I dealt with it by another means. Yeah. It made me think of something else actually, because I was. I was talking recently about this about that decision making process. I was talking recently with a really good friend of mine, who's currently going through uh, the application process to be a cop in a in a different force. And he sent me over these online tests that they do, um, and he's already done it. He's waiting for his for his results. He screenshotted the pages. And said, oh, "I just wonder what you thought of this." He said, "You know, how does it marry up to to regular policing?" Um, and this this system these 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 tests they do it's crazy nuts the that the, the word misalignment is appropriate here i mean what waller is designing these things the way it works is they present a scenario and they present five different responses and you've got to rank each five responses in order of i think it's effectiveness so because the you know one would be counterproductive and five would be very effective i get the idea but 
what that what that type of testing system does is it it makes an, a logical error that often comes up in police work and I, I understand why the error occurs so people tend to think of police work as a linear doctrinal process so we talk in terms of legislation policy procedure we have written documents we have common law that stretches back hundreds and hundreds of years you, know, you if you if you want to find the the breach of the le the the legal precedent for breach of the peace as no sorry the first act that um you know we always think think of breach of the peace as a common law offense actually there's a statute in i want to say 1262 it's not it's not in a notepad i have to hand but there is there's a statute for breach of the peace in 1262 it's mental um that, that that piece of legislation we still use now it's been later codified through common law and legal there's now legal precedent for it that we now that's why we refer to it um as a common law offense um Anyway, slight, slight, slightly off topic. The point I'm trying to make here is that we have we have written text policy procedure, um, and that that can sometimes serve to project the image that the the experience of the copper is clinical. I'm presented with the act, um, as in the, the, the behaviour, not the legal act. I consult legislation, policy, procedure. And that informs my decision. Actually, it's not like that at all. The policing, at a certain point, once once you have once you have a grounded understanding of legislation, policy, and procedure, actually, policing becomes an exercise in creativity. You have to be deeply creative when you're on when you're working on on difficult jobs. Actually, when you're working on any job. Because there are there are always going to be multiple options available, and in the next second there'll be a different set of options available to you. Now, of course, this can go this this process of having a um, like a, a poly optional uh, experience. This can happen really quickly if you're in a physical confrontation with somebody. That's going to be that's going to happen really fast, and it's it's gonna, the decision making is largely going to be. Um, physical, biomechanical. You know, what are you physically going to do here to deal with this person? Have you got multiple people there? Um, perhaps that's something we'll we'll, we'll talk about um, another day. Um, we could also discuss the OODA loop principle. Actually, observe, orient, decide, act, which is a principle we don't we don't teach in UK policing, but it's something it's something we use without knowing we use it. If that makes sense. Anyway. Um, so this this experience of having multiple options available to you, multiple combinations of options available to you can happen very quickly. If it's a physical confrontation, if you're in a pursuit, that sort of thing. Um, or it can happen very slowly if you're in an investigative function, you've got a slow time job you're working on. So what I mean to say is there is rarely ever one correct answer. And to demonstrate this point, I think if there was, our job would be done by machines. If it was the case that you could simply plug in informational inputs, factor the relevant legislation, policy and procedure, and produce the correct result, 
There are people out there that could build, build an algorithm for that. Except they can't. Because the variety of options available, the human element that is present in policing, means that what is required, what the really good copper is good at, is being creative. You'll have this experience when you're around experienced officers, or you get, you know, you get like an old salt skipper. You walk in and go, Sarge, I've got no idea what to do with this. This is what I've got. And they'll go, Have you thought about X? And you sort of sit there and go, How the f did I not think of that? How did that not occur to me? That is such a good idea. That is such a good idea. That ticks all of my boxes. What that sergeant has become is more creative than you in that situation. Now, creativity creativity in this situation is often informed by your level of knowledge of legislation, policy and procedure. But once you have that, if you flatline everyone in, the, in terms of their knowledge of legislation, policy and procedure, then what you have remaining is who can think more creatively. And that's what will differentiate or, or produce gradations between coppers so when these when you when you when you're presented with this very linear structure of of questioning in your in your when you're applying to be a copper that in no way mimics the 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 experience of being a police officer to my mind the the, the obvious way to to um to assess somebody's ability to make decisions even somebody with no police training is to present them with a scenario, ask them, what would you do? And then, this is the crucial bit, ask them to evidence why they did what they did. Because, like in the situation with me and Jake, my arrest was legal. I could justify everything I did. Equally, if Jake wanted to NFA or a VA or whatever he wanted to do, community resolution, all legal. All in line with legislation, policy and procedure. Both responses. The key would be who can evidence why they did what they did. Now, I'm confident we could both evidence why we did what we did. But that would, to, but to present that type of exercise to somebody who's a potential police recruit would be a far greater, in my submission, a far greater estimation of their ability to make decisions and evidence their rationale than giving them these black and white five options, rank them one to five. Policing is not like that. Policing exists in the grey. It's it's we 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 work in nuance. So yeah, I I, I pass it on for, uh, for for what it's worth. I just I feel I feel very sorry for for people in that situation actually because you you're being led down a path that you will you will have to walk back up when you get out on team and go. Fuck me, this is not this is not what I thought it was. And actually, that that is a subject I think I, I will speak about speak about in the future. Um, because that I'll be very careful what I say here because I don't I don't mean to disparage anyone who works in this world, but the it seems to me to be a fairly universal experience that the recruitment and particularly the training experience of new officers does not marry with the the operational working role of a copper certainly a, a response copper which is which is my world and the, the world that I know best um, there's a lot of unlearning there's a lot of reality checking there's a lot of mate we never fucking do that 
don't do that. That doesn't. That is so ineffective. Here's the reason why. You hear that a lot. Hear it between tutors on team. They're guys and girls coming out of training school. It seems like the first few weeks is just yeah. Fuck that off. We never do that. Okay, we we do it a completely different way. Here's why. Um, definitely a theme that's that's worth coming back to. But I I can't do it here. Those we'll we'll, uh, we'll get nothing else nothing else done today. And we're still in the debrief, technically. What else? What else do I want to say? I think that was basically it for my working set. Yeah, into rest days, training quite well. I've uh, I've brought the running back up again. I needed to I needed to bring it up for a couple of reasons. One because I could feel my cardio declining, and second because I need something to orientate myself towards. So I've essentially made an objective of um, greater distances now with running and. BJJ and grappling and fighting is still what I want to do, um, and I, st- I do I do what I can. Uh, you know, I still run the BJJ drills. I still I still do my um, you know I do a lot of shadow boxing, a lot of striking drills. But good lord, that that is a little bit cumbersome after a while, and I I'm desperate to go back and desperate to get on a jiu-jitsu mat. I mean, it makes my teeth itch thinking about how much I miss doing that, um, and I know. I know everyone's in the same boat. It's not something I'm going to harp on about. Um, but with, yeah, with regards to running, the reason I've I've geared towards that is because I I I need I need that focus. I need that I need that objective. So I'm going to work over the next year. I'm going to work on my distances and keep them keep them creeping up because it just provides a focal point over the over the horizon. Where and, I, and unfortunately, I just don't have that within my jiu-jitsu drills and my striking drills and stuff like that it's, it's, it's just not there it's, you know it's a contact sport without the contact element something something integral to the to the sport is lost um but it, it it's, a, it's a short-term thing isn't it hopefully once these vaccines start rolling out and we, we can we're safe to be in contact with each other that that will change um on the on the theory side of it though that that is something that is definitely gainable um so I'm I'm spending a lot of time, well not a lot of time. I spend a, a small amount of time, but every single day, uh, looking at jiu-jitsu theory, sort of watching the old YouTube breakdown videos. And um, my coach is really good. We've got a group chat, and he will ping stuff in the group for us to for us to look at. I also just watch a lot of um, competition BJJ. I find it's really good competition BJJ, like on UFC Fight Pass, with um, with good commentary. So like the, um, the combat jiu-jitsu by Eddie, Eddie Bravo is good. The, the commentary is really good on there in terms of like breaking stuff down technically. And um, what's the other one? Uh, Eddie Bravo International. It, for some reason, the way the way he sets up his his tournaments, I don't know whether it's uh, just by fluke or I suspect not actually, given given how well he knows the sport. But he seems to bring people in that are able to talk about the sport at a level of technical detail that that not only I really enjoy, but I, f- I feel I'm gaining from it. Um, so yeah, that was training, and the other thing, oh yeah, rest day's been good, apart from the fact that I nearly killed my dog, that's what my note says here, so I, I, I went down the, went down the butchers, you can see where this is going, went down the butchers a couple of days ago, and got like one of these, um, it's like a butcher's box basically, it's, so they do it every week, it's a various assortment of different things, and we, we kind of plan our meals around what, what's coming in that box, and they had an offer on steak, in addition to the, to the butcher's box, right, so, Got four steaks for for a tenner. 
This is pretty good. And um, I got this rump steak out yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, before my run, early in the morning. Got it out, bring it up to room temperature, you know, salt and pepper, lovely. And the irony of it, so I've walked downstairs and uh, Mrs. UK Got Podcast is jumping around in the living room doing some sort of hit workout thing on, on YouTube. The boys are upstairs asleep at this point. And I said to her, you see my steak out there? How good does that look? And she said, yeah, yeah, I saw it. Um, I said, oh, it's a thing of beauty. I've salt and pepper. Oh, lovely. I said, it'd be a perfect temperature when I'm back from my run. Going to smash that. And I open the door as I'm saying this. And the <laughs> fucking dog has nearly got the whole thing off the kitchen side. I mean, he must have shot back to his bed as the door has opened. And has tried to bury himself in his bed. So I ate the dog. Except I didn't. I would have. I probably would have eaten the dog if she wasn't here. Uh, don't shout at him. Fucking <laughs> steak. Oh my god. Um, and that steak for about a month either. You know, you work up to something, especially steak. My lord above. It's the best food in the world. <laughs> that's a, I, that's what I thought I'd mention. I didn't kill my dog, who sat with me now. I'm looking as though he knows what I'm talking about. Okay, PNB entry for today then, my friends. I've had to, you'll probably hear a lot of rustling around in the background. I had to print this on A3 paper because I ran out of A, ran out of A4. So I've got these like broadsheet style paper, uh, broadsheet style uh, documents next to me that I'll be, I'll be having to flick through. So let me set this up. So this is a job from earlier in the week. You'll hear more from Jake. And without further ado, we shall proceed. 3-1, for clarity, was her vehicle in motion at the time? The negative, the caller states she was parked at the roadside when the collision occurred. Yeah, received. And she's confident this was intentional. Yeah, RTS, the ex-partner has now made off on the scene. Roger. 3-5, can I come in? Good. I've got a short ETA. I believe 3 1 is making ground from the East Bridge side. From memory, he lives that way. Red Oak Road, I believe. Can we divert 3 1 and head him off there? 3 1 on the last? Yeah, 3 1 copy diverting. Several minutes later, me and my oppo swing into Red Oak Road. Silver Mondeo, mate, he says, flicking his eyes up and down between the road and the onboard computer. You got a number? Fucking thing. Steve exclaims as he wraps his hand into the side of the machine's casing. The spinning circle centre screen seems unfazed. Thing is, this is a long old road. Steve goes old school and calls up. Alpha from 3-1, talk through 3-5, please. Just got to move these bits of paper around. There's yours, go ahead. 3-1-3-5, Jake, receive mate. Go ahead, Steve, Jake replies. We're struggling with the onboard. Do you, or Alpha for that matter, know the HA number for this mail? Uh, it's in the 20s, I think. If you're coming from the A80 side and you've hit a dry cleaners, you've gone too far. 19 on the left, mate, Steve says to me, and taps the dash on the corresponding side. Jake adds, I don't know if you caught it, Steve, but Alpha gave a Mondeo index ending Tango Whiskey Foxtrot. Yeah, we've got that. Steve then comes off the air and speaks with me. Not here. Uh, not here, is it? Uh, read that line again sorry not here is it shit house we need somewhere to hold up really yeah i'm looking mate i reply steve goes back on the air yeah thanks alpha talk through complete 
received. Sorry, three one further. Good. From the exact number, where does this Mondeo come back to? Yeah, it's down Church Trail, uh, Holdock Avenue, so out of county. We're assuming, given three fives update, that the subject has not done the necessary with the DVLA received. Yeah, Roger, thank you. When able, can you just confirm with three five when he last had dealings with him? Yeah, Wilco Alpha to three five on the last. Nothing heard. Alpha to Delta Yankee three five receiving. Nothing heard. Three one. He is mapping just on scene. We'll keep trying him. If three one receiver, thanks. I find a side road running slightly uphill from the main that gives us a good coverage of the twenties. I do what feels like an eight point turn. Can move this slightly. There we go. Oh lord, there's a lot going on on this desk. Jesus Christ paper um, I do what feels like an eight point turn and back the panda up slightly put the beams on and hope that the light combined with the falling dark should give us enough cover plan then mate begins Steve if he does rock up shall I go on foot and try and get hands on before he gets to the door we'll obviously have enough for a 17 but I'd like to avoid all that nonsense oh yeah definitely mate Sorry, I think I'll guff this line. There was no edit on this, by the way. I haven't had time to, to edit it, so on. Shoddy, shoddy workmanship. Um, oh, yeah, definitely, mate. What's your thinking, Re, going down there on your own, though? Well, if you follow down, still belted up, etc., I'm just thinking he might, as soon as he sees the gather coming up the road, jump straight back in the car. Yeah, I like that. Two things, though. Instead of follow, uh, what do you reckon I'll go ahead and park this conveniently with reference to his car? You're not suggesting we use a tactic that must be ratified by the ops, are you? Perish the thought, comrade. I'm talking about parking. Oh, that's a relief. And yeah, you had something else. Yeah, what's his warnings? I ask. Nothing of note, replies Steve, scrolling through his screen. That would seem to have gotten over itself. Just domestic stuff. Looks as though he's only Billy Big Bollocks with a female who he's got a 2-1 weight ratio to him. I laugh and reply. Or when he's armed with a car, mate. I'm satisfied, given the last exchange, that Steve going solo with me driving down and following up is workable. I'm not big into splitting at jobs like this, but if it goes bendy, you want... Sorry, no but there. I'm not big into splitting at jobs like this. If it goes bendy, you want an unfair fight. That being said, he's got no assault police or general violence, and I'm going to be close behind. With this spinning the wheel, the cost-benefit analysis, it looks like... Uh, it looks as though splitting has come out on top. We give it five minutes or so, and he doesn't rock up. I mean, why would he, to be fair? Popping home for a digestive and the chase would be the last thing on my mind if I just ploughed the family Mondeo into my ex-missus car, with her child on board, no less. Then again, I've caught myself applying genius where incompetence will do. This is a man who's just ploughed the family Mondeo into his ex-missus car, not a professor of Aristotelian logic. Even still, we're both starting to twitch. There is something about taking a static on a search that creates this feeling. It is not one that occurs when the search is mobile, roving, as they say. When I'm on the move and searching, even if, as the more statistically minded may well observe, I am more likely to intercept my subject at a location where he has some kind of connection that makes his presence there more likely to occur, I still find this slow rumbling of impotence. Perhaps this is something to do with the hunting reflex that is coded to us. Perhaps when I am searching, cutting up side roads or striding through side gates, 
it more accurately mimics the progressing after the proverbial saber-tooth and therefore pulls the not-so-proverbial levers for dopamine and endorphin secretion inside my body. In other words, we prefer the search in the active as opposed to the static because it is more natural for us to chase than wait. We are a hunter, not prey. Steve's just about had enough of pretending to be a rabbit. Delta Yankee 3-1, he calls up. Go ahead. Yeah, we've got nothing here. Two things. If we try boffing that vehicle and we haven't heard an update from 3-5, what's Jake got? Yeah, on the first, local is still spinning and standby on the second. 3-5 from Alpha Yankee, any update? 3-5, I'm with a female. She's all in order. He's very shaken up, uh, as his young child. It's an ambulance running. I suspect we've got shock to some degree. Yeah, I'll see us cat three over. Yeah, receive. I heard three ones update. She seems to think he would have gone to ground in the area, so I think we need to stand by on that boff. Three one, can I come in? I call up. You go ahead. Yeah, three one, Jake. I know you're busy, mate, but can you firm up exactly who the X is? I'm a bit concerned that we're waiting for a ghost here. Three five on the last. Yeah, three five receive will do. There is silence for around twenty seconds. Three five to Alpha. Go ahead, three five. My apologies, there's been a cross wire here, begins Jake. This female has a different ex-partner to when I last dealt with her. It would appear that 3-1 is in the road of an ex-ex-partner, if you follow me. Yeah, all received in that case, Delta Yankee 3-1. Me and Steve exchange a quick look. Yeah, 3-1 received, but go ahead. It would appear we've solved the RO mystery of this vehicle. Are you able to head towards the scene and either RVP or go mobile from there? We're researching associates in the area. Yep, three one received towards. For fuck's sake, I say to Steve, moving the car off the main road. Moving the car off towards the main road. Didn't the call takers take names for who this was? Maybe they did, mate. Steve replies. The thing is, we in the control room didn't marry that up with Jake. Oh, sorry, we didn't marry that up with Jake's update about him living there. Yeah, good point, I reply. What a fucking cluster this is. The truth is, it's no one's fault. This is just another one of those unhappy moments where the chaos of this business overrides our ability to establish order. It is, whilst unpalatable, to be expected. <sighs> we should press on. Uh, it is, whilst unpalatable, to be expected. In the business of chaos... One cannot become too attracted to, too attached to order, too contingent upon its dominance. We are, so to speak, surfers of waves, not masters of tides. En route to the scene, Jake calls up again. The victim thinks that her ex has gone to ground somewhere local. She's named a friend of his that she thinks he's with. She's unable to give the address but states she can guide police there. A decision is made for us to go in convoy and so we continue to RVP with Jake and the victim. Arriving on scene, she's naturally very shaken, as is the daughter, currently sat in the front seat of Mum's car. I go and speak with her, and leave Steve and Jake to develop a tactical plan. Hello, my dear, I say, trying to counterbalance the way I look with the way I sound. Alicia's eyes flick up from her phone. Bit of a day, then. I've just come to check you're all right. Are you hurt at all? In these moments, children, I find, tend to go one of two ways. They either barely speak at all, offering yeses and noes and nods perhaps, or they flood the space with chatter and excitedly relay in second-by-second second frames what has happened to them and what they did and how it made their hamster feel, etc. 
I suspect that both behavioural displays are actually from the same root emotion, that being some amalgamation of fear, confusion and excitement. This is why I don't immediately flick to my notebook with children. If it's the former modality, you are going to need all of your systems orientated towards building rapport, and if it's the latter, the pen will not be able to move fast enough. With Alicia, it's the latter. She launches into an animated monologue with the about the events of the day, pinballing around the chronology until I until I manage to interject. Alicia, I'm sorry, my dear, but I know you've got lots to tell me, and it's really important. But but right now, I need to get back to the other officers. I just need to check you were okay and uninjured. She's understanding, and I assure her. She'll be able to finish what she is saying with myself or another police officer at some point. I walk back over to Steve and Jake and ask, plan then? Right, so he's gone to another ex-partner at Clifton Walk, which is about three roads over. Just prior to us getting here, said female has called our victim and asked what's going on. She's not in the habit of calling victim at all, so yeah, I see exactly what you're saying. He's also not hit both, adds Jake, so it stands the reason he is local. Happy? Steve asks. Yes, mate, Crystal. Roger. Well then, gents. Strike, strike, strike. We convoy round to the victim. Go ahead, sorry. We convoy round and the victim indicates an address from a safe distance. We opt not to contain, reasoning that we'd rather have more hands on at the front door and accept the potential bunk through the woodland at the back. Ultimately, this isn't an unknown offender and, of course, we want him in, but... Sorry. And, of course, we want him in, but we, well, certainly I would rather lose him through an open rear containment than spread our resources too thinly around the address. We knock the door and a lone female comes and answers. Sorry, the, the syntax of that sentence is rank. As I say, no edit. Female comes to the door, as described by our victim. Jake explains who we are. Sorry, Jake explains who we are looking for and why specifically we are looking at her address. She makes a flat denial of having any knowledge of the event. She's probably right there, I think to myself. My working strategy is that he's rocked up here, said he needs to go to ground, and not told her an awful lot more. She, I think, has then put two and two together and messaged our victim direct for the SP. Would you mind if I look around inside? Yeah, sure. He's not here, I reason to myself. There's no way she's letting us in with him in the building. The search indeed proves negative. Walking out, I relay to Jake and Steve a concern. You clock that patio door? Yeah, Jake replies. He looks up at the sky as, if, as to reference the weather. Fucking January, mate. The patio door was wide open. Again, for fuck's sake. He could well have been in there and done legs over the woodland as soon as we've come trooping up the driveway. Walking back to the cars, I think we're all mulling over the same thing. Should have put a containment on. I had my reasons for not doing so, but in the light of that net curtain flapping in the January wind... They don't seem to be holding up that well. The search continues on. We're next directed by the victim to a bizarre amalgam of a caravan park and a scrapyard. Slipping around the side of an unclimbable wooden gate, we start working our way through under torchlight. We have a particular motorhome in mind, but all of them are getting a look. After about the third caravan is lit up by our torches at the windows, a theme appears. They're all empty. The theme persists. There is not a soul on this site, yard, whatever you want to call it. 
We do eventually find the suspect's location, labyrinth between old cars that are packed so tightly I have to climb over them, and some storage units that are from the ivy co- that are from their ivy cocoons. Sorry, packed over some uh, da, 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 climb over them and some storage units that from their ivy cocoons don't look to have been opened in the last decade. We draw another blank. Stone cold empty. Several further locations are checked, all with the same result. We move to each of them, approach each of them with the same zing and hope. This is the one. You've got to be here. He's not here. He's not anywhere, apparently. Ghosted into the night, a mist, it seems. A mist, it seems. The harder we grabbed, the more fluidly he slipped from between our fingers. We call it eventually. Myself and Steve head back to the victim and take the statement. We then all RVP back at the Nick to write up and at the 14-hour mark, it is done. The following day, pre-briefing, my job phone rings. Afternoon, it's DS Heath. Are you free to speak? Yeah, of course, Sarge. Do go ahead. Yeah, it's just a couple of things I need to feed back from this job yesterday. Feedback for the uninitiated is police for you fuck something, and I'm about to tell you how. I shall not relay the exchange for the sake of my own dignity, in short, it was nothing of any great consequence, but there were dots not crossed and eyes not dotted. By way of example, a referral form had not been completed uh, had not been completed correctly. This is a referral form for um, for non-police listeners. This is a referral form that um, victims of domestic abuse uh, at a certain threshold. This this referral is is completed. Obviously, the cops will know what what I'm talking about. I think it's different. They have different systems within each force, but the the process is broadly the same. Back to the text. The appropriate flag had not been added to the female victim on the crime recording system, and it had not been explained to the victim that a forensic analysis of the paint transfer on her car is a destructive process. I had rhymes and reasons. For, that is an exhaustive list. There were a few other... It's all kind of... This is out of the text. It was all sort of that level. There was nothing like threat, harm, risk that was wrong. It was just dots and crosses that weren't that weren't there. I had rhymes and back to the text. I had rhymes and reasons for each of the items fed back, and I said precisely zero of them. This is not how this game works. Nothing, for clarity and repetition, nothing in this job will sink you faster than excuses. And so, as is customary, as is the way, I stuck to variants of, yep, understood style, my apologies, I'll get that sorted today. At the end of the phone call, I sat listening into briefing, and just as my mind started to wander into what a job this is sometimes, how that whole day previous was like trying to put a tent up in the eye of a hurricane, how nothing went our way, how we ultimately failed to get him in, how he probably slipped away from being a matter of feet from us, and how after all that, I've been raked over by a suit because I dropped a bollock on the admin. As I say, I was just about to start thinking about all of that, when, as always, this happened. Delta Yankee 3-1. Good afternoon, Alpha. Do go ahead. Turn you out a briefing, please. We've got a grade one coming in. And so, the contemplation must assist, and I, as we all, shall go back out into the hurricane. And that is the PMB for today, my friends. I think, just before I wrap wrap that up god i've got paper flying everywhere it's a disaster there we are 
I think this the recording wants to cut at the hour mark. So just in case it cuts, as I, I know we're around 57 minutes or so now, just in case it cuts um, as I'm doing that, I will now, I'm just going to pause the audio, restart a new audio file, and then I will do, um, I'll wrap things up for today, two secs. And we're back in the room. So, that was the PMB for today. It's chaos, guys. Uh, as you know, um, the business is chaos. And that day was nothing abnormal. Um, the Oh, dear. That is a baby monitor that you may well have heard in the background. Stand by one. <laughs> Maybe we'll be okay. This is going to be a couple of minutes and then we're done anyway, so I should try and try and rush through this. We're dealing chaos, my friends. Um, and the the critical error is to think you are uh, you are responsible for desisting that chaos. You're not. You're you're responsible for pushing forth, um, for carrying on despite the hurricane, despite the storm, despite the rolling waves. Your job is to keep pressing forward, um, and that, in fact, is the measure of a good copper. How how much you can be hit and keep moving forward. That in this game is how winning is done and that's why I use that speech from the great Mr Balboa himself at the start of the podcast so we shall wrap things up and I do have a banger to play you for the way out I think that's everything oh yeah quick thing um da -da 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 -da. uh Oh yeah, support, that was it, yeah. Um, if you can like, share, subscribe, all that stuff, you're probably subscribed if you listen to this already, but share it with people, social media if you want to. Um, I'm on Instagram, if you don't know that, at UK Cop Podcast. I think there's dots in there somewhere, just search that, it'll come up. By all means, message me. Um, I like talking to people, so if you've got questions, queries, criticisms, just want to have a chat, reach out. And um, my reply time is shit by the way, because I'm living a life this end and trying to manage the plates up in the air. But I assure you, I will um, I will come back to you. But when the MOT needs sorting and the dishwasher needs to be unstacked, can't really get it past Mrs. UK Cop Podcast. So yeah, I've got Instagram messages to reply to, so that'll have to wait. Um, but I assure you, I will come back to you. And I, and I do really enjoy, really enjoy engaging with the community. That word I hate. All right, guys. So... That was that. That was support. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. And let's see if I've got the right volume for this. Oh, yeah. This is such a good song. I love it. My friends. It has been a royal pleasure. All the usual stuff. Keep doing your thing. Look after yourself. Keep sallying forth against the agents of darkness 
keep weaponizing yourself for the good. And I will see you in about 10 days time, I suppose. Be somewhere around then. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. And um, I have a good topic for next time, but I won't cover that now. Look after yourself, my friends. I love you all. Bye-bye.